You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lou Sherman says, release the Sims. Release the Sims. Last year, Brian came on my uh, Bankroll Challenge show. He pulled up uh, some of the top 10 lineups for Sims. It was the week that had Naheem Hines. I believe it was the week the Chiefs were playing the Jets. It had the Denzel Mims bring back in it. And that lineup just absolutely destroyed. I think it was like the near optimal. And ever since then, they have wanted us to release the Sims. And uh, we're joined by a guy who has decided to release his own Sims, run the Sims. Justin Freeman joins us tonight. How are we doing, Justin? Doing good, man. I hope uh, Brian doesn't hate me too much for releasing at least a portion of the cat out of the bag. <laughs> That's more That's uh, Ricky, Ricky D's domain. <laughs> yeah. Ricky, can you uh, get my my stream going on my channel? I think yes. Yes, sorry. I uh, I will release the stream. Release the release stream, stream, says Brian. Thank you for the reminder. One sec here. I will get that going. Uh, yeah, great show last week with Ricky D. That was a ton of fun. Feedback on that was really good. I think we'll get him back in the saddle again sometime. Uh, but yes, Justin, uh, I, I mentioned it. We did a show last week. Run the Sims going to be sponsoring all my DFS content this year. Uh, going to be a sponsor here on Lulz as well. And uh, yeah, excited to uh, talk about all the stuff you guys got going on and uh, have a, a little, uh, I don't I don't want to say a sim battle. It sounds like a rap battle, uh, but we can uh, we can talk some sims. You know you know what Brian does, right, Justin? He's gonna he's gonna quiz you about your process. What's under the hood over there? Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about that, to be quite <laughs> honest. After I saw the whistles go woo episode, I've just been really uh, fearful ever since. So my my internet may suddenly go out if we start getting real too hard. <laughs> That's no, right. no, no, no. Yeah, Brian, are you playing DFS tonight? I sure am. Did you say uh, you're dealing with late breaking news? No, I was just doing doing stuff and didn't have time to upload my YouTube and stuff like that. 
Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. You are, you're slacking as a content creator, Brian. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I am slacking as a content creator. I had to do uh, the open and we have uh, NBA tonight too. So yeah. What do you, what do they got? Is it just showdown slate? Yeah. Just the finals right now. Yeah. Justin, are you in any of the showdown slate stuff? You've been too busy with the site. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, been pretty overwhelmed, honestly. So I haven't I haven't really touched anything since the Super Bowl, I think. So I've been pretty pretty out of it. Yeah. Uh, and Brian, are you? Uh, what What do we got going with the? Is the Open on Sunday? Mm, it's tonight. The U.S. Open starts tonight. The, oh, Brit- the, the British, open, British open. the British Open. The British Open. Oh God, look at this, man! I, you know, life comes at me so fast. I used to be a PGA DFS thought leader, guys, <laughs> and look what's happened to me now. Uh, it's it's bad. It. Um, yeah. So, Justin, no, no DFS play for you. You are all on the uh, the backside working on all the tools and stuff. What's the reception been like since you guys uh, launched Run the Sims? Yeah, it's been pretty incredible, honestly. Like, I, whenever you like are working on a website and you just release it all of a sudden to the public, you're just super worried that stuff's gonna break because you, you can't possibly stress test it like that any other way. So, just I'm like hoping that the apps aren't crashing. I'm hoping the site isn't crashing. Hope people can create accounts, like all these things. And so, everything's been great, and people love the layout of the site. And uh, I know everybody's kind of excited to see some of the the sim stuff take place on a real slate. Like we've got some sort of generic stuff up from NFL week one of 2020, just as a placeholder for right now until, uh, you know, DraftKings and all the other places release the slates. And so once we get that going, we'll, we'll have some fresh data up there. It's cool. So, I mean, it's like, it, it's, it's interesting trying to figure out how to navigate these waters as a new company. We want to, um, we want to get everybody over to the site, obviously. So if anybody's watching this, go to run create you a free account. And when you get ready to sign up for the, for the big boy package, uh, use promo code Pete. There you go. There you go. Look at this. Is why I had Justin on, he just does all my promotions for me. Uh, what do, Brian, what when- do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, if anyone's watching this, how dare you, sir? Well, you know, I don't want to overestimate <laughs> There's literally thousands of people that could hypothetically watch this. Um, yeah. Brian, when do you think you will run your week one NFL sim? Uh, Sunday, week one, 11.02. 11.02 after, <laughs> after an actus? <laughs> yeah. No, hopefully I could do it before then, but it always seems like it takes to the last minute. Yeah. So how, Justin, how are you going to handle that? Cause I know yeah. talking to Brian about stuff, both the kind of, you know, computing power it takes, especially if you're trying to simulate really large field stuff can take a long time, lots of variables happening. Like how is that going to work on the site as far as updated Sims? What kind of contest sizes are you guys going to be able to simulate and, and yeah. that kind of stuff? So we've actually managed to switch out some of the tech that I was doing last year. It used to take me uh, about an hour to run a a simulation, and this was this was we're talking about a one game slate, like a showdown slate. It took me about an hour to get through and optimize those. Uh, now we can get a entire sixteen game slate optimized and ran with simulations in about thirty seconds. Uh, so we've got a pretty uh, unbelievable tech team that's put that together. So we can now 
you know, react to news much quicker on game day. So we'll have like a routine script running overnight throughout the, the vast majority of the week to get fresh information in there as it, as it comes. But, uh, you know, obviously all hell breaks loose on Sunday mornings. And so as soon as we can get the projections updated, then the Sims can take over and be rerun in a matter of a minute or so. We got a question from Lou here, uh, and I and both you guys can answer this. Uh, what program is being used to uh, to power these sims? Yeah, for, for me, it, it was R last year. Like that was how I got started in this was was putting that program together in R. This year, we'll be using a program called GoLang. It's not a super popular program, but it's extremely fast, and so. Uh, we're able to go play by play through all those games and, and spit it out. So uh, that's our program of choice. What, Brian, what, are what, you, what are you spitting out? Like what? Like so? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about the the general process. Like what we're gonna do is take all sixteen games on the slate. We're gonna pick a single game, and we're gonna essentially simulate our way through that game play by play. So not. Most places that are doing simulations aren't doing play-by-play simulations. They're doing kind of true Monte Carlo off of like a correlation matrix with projections. So what we're going to do is go play-by-play, and we're going to obviously define uh, how many plays we're looking for and things like that to sort of define the parameter of the game. We're going to play-by-play, and, you know, play number one, Patrick Mahomes uh, targeted to Tyreek Hill, pass incomplete. Uh, we're not assigning any fantasy points for that. Pass play number two, Tyreek Hill, pass complete to uh, Travis Kelsey, 14 yards, no touchdown. And now we're going to log all that off to the side. And so um, we're just going to go play by play until that game is over, we'll simulate for both teams. And then we're going to calculate the fantasy point totals for that game and put that off mm-hmm. to the side. And then I'm going to do that game 9,999 more times until eventually I've got 10,000 fantasy scores for every player, and they're fully correlated uh, with their own teammates and with the opponents in that same game. So whereas like a correlation model, I would have to sort of like, uh, you know, um, uh, sort of build in my own correlation levers, so to speak. This sort of does the correlation for us as we go. And then once we're done with game one, we move to game two, all the way through game 16 until we've done an entire week. And then we're optimizing. So, I've got a fantasy point number for every player in the player pool for simulation number one. And we're going to find the optimal, the nut lineup off of that. And so uh, once we do that, we're going to do that through all 10,000 games as well. And I'll have a, essentially I can tell you exactly how many out of 10,000 lineups Tyreek Hill is in the optimal lineup. And so that gives you a pretty unique percentage number to compare against something like ownership and be able to do some, make some decisions off those numbers. Sorry. That's probably pretty nerdy. Uh, that's <laughs> what we, that's what we do around here. So I think, I, I think I'm following you. The, um, it sounds like kind of like what I call like a, like a horse race sim. So like as, mm-hmm. so, but you're doing it by play by play as opposed to, uh, what most people do, which is, which is DFS points. So in these sims of all 16 games, let's say you do 10,000 sims, whatever, it doesn't really matter. Um, in those 10,000 Tyreek Hill one was optimal 9% of the time or something like that. Yeah. That's what's yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, I can probably drill down a little bit further than that. Like how often are Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill optimal together? Mm-hmm. Um, like that may be an important piece of information. And so, but yeah, I think that just having that optimal rate number and comparing that against ownership is going to be pretty powerful. And yeah. then how are you can 
controlling for um, field size with these simulations? Because obviously the optimals in a 50-person field is going to be way different than the millimaker. So, and I should probably clarify there, optimal when I'm using it here does not mean like uh, would be a winning lineup in a contest. I mean, it's the nut lineup, the the best possible the, yeah. outcome lineup. So it's not always, you're not always trying to put to get where you're, pretty much never trying to put together the nut lineup in anything other than showdown. So yeah, you, you're, you're not necessarily always, that's not always your goal is to have like the exact perfect lineup. It may be optimal to have you know, 3% Khalif Raymond, but you may never want any Khalif Raymond just because. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. So, um, the, well, and also Pete, like there's different ownership for different tournaments. So yeah, you, 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 if you're gonna have a small field, the the, high, the more high value sharper players are gonna be higher owned. Yeah. And so that that you could still look at his uh, optimal percentages and then just compare from there. But um, so nut nut lineup optimal nut lineup would be like the sum the highest sum total of all the positions from the sim of of optimal. So like Tyreek Hill's nine percent. Yeah, Kelsey. you're trying to still fit. It's still a constraints problem. You're still trying to fit under the DK salary cap with right. a nine person lineup and all that. But yeah, exactly. Okay, gotcha. And so, Brian, what? Like, I know you're when you do your stuff. I mean, that it, the the time would end up being an issue for the kind of sims you were running, right? For what was possible to run. Yeah. Um. What were you using? Duolingo? No, I. <laughs> What was go, it go language go language, go language? I've, I've never yeah. heard of that so that, i mean that was a big mistake telling me that buddy your site's, well, your site's gonna be out of business by the weekend no i'm kidding um <laughs> yeah so i'm switching over to r this year mm-hmm. from excel and some like excel stat programs and they're just it's just so much faster so if he's doing something even faster than r it's definitely definitely feasible what uh is that uh because i know for a lot of people who have that are there's obviously tons of great resources to learn it but there is a a learning curve is that something you've been teaching yourself right now brian or is that not something you have to be in the wheel just but i'm like not good at it at all because i've spent Uh uh-oh brian's freezing on us 80 percent of my time doing excel and so so i just pay someone yeah Okay. Pay someone to, to to do what I to do what I want. Gotcha. You don't have. I mean, when you're starting out, you 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 want like a bare minimum in all these. I think like I don't have any bare minimum in Python, but like you 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 want some sort of bare minimum and probably pick one. Like obviously, you're not building your own site like Justin here, and uh, you're not going to build out a big model like mine probably unless you start doing it. So you want like a bare minimum, and I'd consider myself pretty close to an expert in Excel. I'm pretty good. And, uh, but like at a certain point for me, it's like, uh, for a hundred dollars, I can get someone to do something that'll take me three weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, And pretty similar story here. Like when I, when I started this, like in the last pre- pretty much this time last year, uh, I wrote out this really dumb, uh, algo in Excel and is like, okay, it, it can, it can run this algo, but it's, 
super slow. Like it, it couldn't accommodate more than like maybe a hundred sims before it like is going to turn my machine off. And so uh, like with the help of a couple other people, we got into like a really nice Excel model and then it became an R model. And now it's kind of evolved into this go model. And so it's become exponentially faster as we go. How do you guys think about the idea of projections and simulations? I guess I'm trying like, simulation encompasses all of it but is it still like if you put shit in you get shit out kind of thing no matter how good the simulation itself is how do you guys untangle thinking about projections versus the simulation i mean the they're the simulations make the projections okay uh, i mean in my in my opinion so I, I actually approach it just a little bit differently. I start with the baseline assumptions uh, that are going to feed into the simulator uh, because I, I need the target shares. I need the rushing shares and that sort of thing. Uh, oh, to I, I thought he meant fantasy point projections. Like, no. yeah, like targets. Yeah, exactly. How many, how many passes you expect in the game and all that stuff. I don't can, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking like that, but yeah, for, for sure you need all that. And then from that, will give you fantasy point projections, which is what I was, thought you were saying. Right. Yeah, so, but you could do shorthand math a lot, you know, a lot quicker, you know, to, to come up with like a fantasy point total if you're just multiplying opportunity times efficiency, essentially. Yeah. And then or just run, run regressions on past data and then you can get yourself some something pretty close to a fantasy point pro projection. All that yeah. stuff, though, is like is like 2000 you know, 18 and before, like if I was starting, like, I don't know if I'd even put a ton of time into making my own projections. Brian, well, here's your, your famous question, Brian, because it was before of how many guys were making their own projections at the, the top levels of DFS. How many guys do you think are running their own simulations? Mm. 80% of people. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you are, if you are watching this, you are likely building your own simulations. <laughs> <laughs> Well, after uh, everybody gets a uh, subscription and run the sims.com slash Pete, you know, uh, then, then we're going to really uh, tilt the entire field. There you go. Uh, also, yeah. Uh, Rasif here saying that, uh, oh yeah. Season long Sims have Eckler at four. And then he was also saying, and this is true. You can upload uh, the rankings on uh, run the Sims directly to underdog. So if you are in there uh, getting in those best ball streets and the action is absolutely insane right now, that's a good way get the rankings in there and even having different rankings is nice because everyone's so anchored to the ADP right now mm -hmm. uh, that just having like somewhat unique drafts is really good. Like if the run the Sims rankings have some sleepers that are popping a little earlier, like that's the one way you can get unique in the best ball drafts, right? Because you do a DFS draft and the whole field can, uh, or you can get contrarian more easily against the field. In best ball, like 15 rounds worth of players are going to be owned in every single draft. So if you can just get off the beaten path with one or two of those last picks, like last year it was James Robinson, Mike Davis, guys that weren't drafted in every draft. Not only did those guys help you win your league just because of their raw points, but they differentiated you in a GPP type sense in the playoff week. So that's a, a long way of saying like trying to have a unique perspective or angle, whether through ranks or, or through correlation is a way to really help you out in those best ball streets. 
Yeah. And even like uh, you can get different in the first couple rounds too. Like, it, like I've got Eckler at four. And I know that's, that's like a scorching hot take. He's probably going around what nine or so right now, maybe, maybe 11. So somewhere towards the tail end of the first round, I'm also super high on, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley. Like I, I think he could actually be the wide receiver one this year. Like you might end up pairing Eckler Ridley, for example, and have a much different start to your draft and sort of, uh, maybe have a team that's you know uh, very unlikely to be duplicated even up top even if you play it sort of chalky the rest of the way so i've been thinking about that i don't think eckler and ridley's a good example for that because they are viable to get normally at the, at the turn. turn yeah but i have been and we talked about this on ship chasing last week and brian i, I know you're not in the weeds with this but i am curious your thoughts on this idea of like giving up projected points for being unique, but like this idea, you know, Stefan Diggs normally goes like it's within the same range. It's between like one ten to two, one every draft. So if you take him at one, three, you are then pairing him with a back into the second round and early third round guy that Diggs will normally never be paired with just based on how anchored he is to that late first, early second ADP. So I've been thinking about that and I don't think you're giving up a lot of projected points. Once, once McCaffrey and Dalvin cook are off the board, like you can make cases for a decent amount of guys. So I have been thinking about that, Brian, I know you uh, aren't in the weeds, but does, does that sound crazy to you or uh, what, what does that sound like? No, I, I, no, but I'd have the same answers. Like there's like basically two ways to figure it, figure it out, which is regressions modeling based off of past data and, or Sims. I can send yeah. it out and see if it matters. So, but Justin, it's a you kind of question, honestly, to get to, yeah. get to the actual answer. Yeah, the number of variables you'd have to introduce over the course of a season-long simulation are pretty mm-hmm. unbelievable. I, I mean, you, you probably have right. a tough time projecting, like, Derrick Henry gets hurt, and there I can think of three guys off the top of my head who might be the guy who would come in in that situation. Like, uh, so it's, it, you, you'd have to go through like this whole complicated decision tree of ifs and thens, uh, yeah. you know, to, to properly model out an entire season. The way, the way I think about all these type of questions is like the, the Van Neumann, uh, game theory book. So like you make the simplest game possible and try to beat that. So you try to find things, try to simplify the problem you're trying to answer and then and then sim that or, or model that out and then extrapolate from there. And just even getting some of the simple ideas, right? Like back in the GTO poker days when those guys first started, you're such miles above the field that yeah. you don't need to get all 800,000 variables and make sure that the Derrick Henry question is in there. You know what I yeah. mean? Or maybe you just solve for injury somehow or something. You simplify it. Yeah, uh, I got a question in my uh, YouTube. Uh, does your does your Sims take game context into account, i.e., blowouts or teams leading or running the balls more? So yes and no uh, to answer that. Basically, what we do is allow for that type of game situation to happen, but we're going to still utilize the same projected target share to figure out who the guys are getting the targets. In other words, it'd be really tough to project the situation where, you know, the third string running back or the backup quarterbacks now in the game or the third string running back is now in the game because it's just like an entire blowout. Like that's going to be a tough thing to, to sort of logically get to, but 
you know, what we can do is in the course of these simulations, we're going to have basically every possible game script happen exactly as often as it should happen, if that makes sense. The only thing we don't have to do the ability to do is trigger different player requirements in those types of games. We can, we can make the entire game lean more run heavy or pass heavy, but you know, for something like that, but I can't change exactly, you know, if the Patriots all of a sudden are, are trailing and now James White's going to have a 30% target share game in that type of game, you know, I can't do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm, 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 uh, there's a lot of problems when you're trying to build out a full a full simulation. Yeah, and, and like back at your last point, you know, uh, this is far from a perfect model, but as long as it's better than what the vast majority of the field's doing, we feel you know pretty good about our advantage. So it has some like known weaknesses, no doubt about that. Uh, and I'd love for it to be able to accommodate uh, more things related to injury, more things related to extreme game scripts. Uh, and backup usage and things like that. But for right now, we still want to focus on like what are the more likely things to happen and, and trigger there. Yeah, with with that idea of what are the more likely things to happen, then how does like range of outcomes factor into that? And obviously, you know, we can look at, you know, production graphs, you know, over the course of the season. I know ETR and their stuff, they'd post their little bands as far as like where so, like the ceiling for those guys, what's their floor production? And we, we, we all know like the Sterling Shepherds are going to have a lower floor than like a, you know, Darius Slayton who can brack up, you know, long touchdowns. So how does that, because what we're all, always trying to do in DFS and, and showdown is we're trying to bink those outlier outcomes. Those are what help us win. So when you're having to work off of kind of like the most likely scenario, how do you reconcile that with, we want an actual outlier scenario in our lineups. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing is, like, we, we don't want to confuse the fact that, like, we're looking for this true, true ceiling, this 100th percentile type outcome. Like, we can get by living on 80th percentile outcomes across the board. Like, just lock me in at 80th percentile for everybody, and we'll go print some cash. But obviously, we know we can't even guarantee that either. Like, I mean, there's there's no real way of knowing whether a player is going to hit his 80th or his 20th percentile. Those things are equally as likely to happen. So, um Basically, what we're going to do when we simulate out the slate and we collect all those fantasy point totals, we can show that off as a as a essentially a, a bell curve, like a distribution curve. For some players, that may lean a little bit one way or the other, lean a little low, lean a little high. Um, but also, we have like a percentile projections tool on the site, so uh, that's all free. Anybody can if they're if they're surfing up there currently, uh, go under the DFS tab, click on. Uh, percentile projections and you'll be able to see like what is the 75th percentile outcome for Derrick Henry in this game and so if you wanted to you could sort of download those and use those to work off of and uh, have an idea to compare apples to apples because like it doesn't really make a lot of sense to build tournament lineups with median outcomes uh, we're not looking for medium performances can I say something too really quick is the 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 strange scenarios and distributions and backups and stuff is a lot more important the smaller the slate is, especially in like a showdown situation. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. depends on the sport too. Um, but you got to like your, your question, Peter, of like um, the distributions. Like yeah. this is this is very hard. This is a this is a big huge part of dialing in a really accurate sim, and it's really hard. But I bet Cardi does very similar to what Justin does, and one of my sims is 
sounds like it's pretty similar and it's kind of built in that ceiling type of idea because okay the role the simulation is like a money like just random chance of of things occurring we know what the okay it's a pass he throws a pass Tyreek Hill catches it Tyreek Hill's role on those yardage is going to have a bigger distribution and so in all those sims he's going to catch 350 yarders eventually for three touchdowns or something right so it's like built in it's not it's gonna it's gonna happen and then he can go and look and then you could look at the data after all these simulations and then tabulate okay Tyreek Hill's ceiling is 55 fantasy points or something like that right right here's a getting back into the weeds uh it looks like race has gone through the uh projections over there on run the sims this one this one pops out to me too here devonta smith at wide receiver 18 ahead of some uh established incumbents like cooper dj moore and then uh the ascending cd lamb uh any thoughts on on your aggressive ranking on devonta smith justin yeah, and I should also point out that the uh, the season long stuff is not simulation based; it's just okay. projection based, and so you're, you're getting some raw projections there. And I do love uh, Devonta Smith this year, and part of it has to be uh, has to do with the fact that I have not thrown in the towel on Jalen Hurts, and I don't really quite quite understand why everybody seems to have thrown in the towel on him. Um, not very many starts under his belt. A lot of reason to suspect that that offense gets a little bit better this year. And there's really no competition. Like, I don't believe Jalen Rager is all that great. And I think uh, Devontae Smith is a tremendous prospect. And so I I have a hard time keeping him, you know, under like 120 targets or so this year. Like, I think he's going to easily walk his way into that in year one. And as long as he can be even moderately efficient, and we've, we've seen he's got like, if anybody watched the national championship game, this dude's got phenomenal uh, ceiling capability. I, I don't quite understand why everybody's sleeping on him. And I will say too, like I, I would say I just, my gut and how I've been drafting disagrees with that rank. But one of the things that's fun to do and what Justin and I were doing on our show last week, which you guys can check out, um, how, I think it's called how to make your own projections from last week, is you can go in and you can tweak those assumptions based on target share. Like I might go in and be like, Justin, you're drunk with, what is it? But you probably have them at like a 24, 25% target share, I would guess at that ranking. Yeah, um, probably low 20s. Yeah, and so you can say, all right, no, I actually think Goddard is going to be the focal point of this offense. I think Rager is going to make a year two leap. I'm going to put you know, him back in the 17 to 18% target share. Probably drops his wide receiver ranking significantly down to like you know wide receiver 30 or something. So that's the one thing that's fun that you can go in and adjust those baseline assumptions yourself. Uh, and my guess is that's just happening because of a Justin's aggressive market share for him. Yeah, exactly. So go in, uh, projection builder, absolutely free. Go in there and, and tweak it around. All you gotta do is get a free account. That way we can save your stuff from one, one session to the next, but yeah, hop in there and, and switch those numbers up. I've got, yeah, I've got Devante at 24 and Rager at 16. Maybe you think it's closer to 2020, uh, there. And, and both of those guys would obviously bump up and down quite a bit. I, I just think, uh, Devante Smith's really explosive. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a really interesting use case, I think, because he has a lot of things coming to a head as far as um, you know, a lot of the advanced analytics. Uh, he crushed from the production side, but as far as um, being an older prospect um, and not declaring early, those things can generally be red flags for those guys. But then, obviously, awesome, and people are a little worried about his frame too. Like, yeah, one seventy four. 
we're in the era of everyone posting, you know, thick thigh guys. And he, he looks like a teenager's like twig legs out there. Seriously. Um, Brian, so, how, how much do you zone out when we start getting in the weeds about specific I zoned out player pretty hardcore right there. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did the CFS season start or why are we talking about this? Because so, we're in the best fall streets, Brian. I gotta, I gotta do some of those. DK doesn't have the, the PC option. So stupid. Unless they change that. Is there yeah. anywhere else you can play best ball? Underdog. Yeah. Have yeah, you signed up for underdog, Brian? I did. I underdog Pete. I signed up and haven't even used it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, what's your what's your wager section here? What, what's I, I see you got a bunch of uh, odds calculators. Are yeah. You gonna, are you gonna yeah? I'll it, it up and make some picks. Uh, no, nah, I mean we're not in the not in the picks business, but we will uh, have a, a a prop tool up there. So essentially, you'll be able to click on any player, any stat category, and uh, the available line and the juice on the over under and. We'll spit out essentially a value chart there. You'll see a, a curve with uh, you know, the if it's Pat Mahomes over under 299 and a half passing yards at minus 115 on each side or whatever it might look like. Um, you'll be able to go over there, check that out, and uh, and essentially we'll we'll show you that he actually hits the under 58 percent of the time. That's good enough for uh, you know such and such a bet according to Kelly, and and uh, you'll get some. Uh, basically a, a true probability according to The Sims. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So that is um, using the Sims yardage and stuff like that yep. too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why don't you just spell it out for people? <laughs> yeah, it's using the Sims yardage. Uh, I mean, all you got to do field. is get the APIs from the sports books, and you have the data there. The that, that, that's possibly coming. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Brian, what's 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 good with your with your app that uh, that because I know you've been working on that. Um, it's slow coming working yeah. with people. It's out. It's out right now, but I'm not like promoting it because it's not uh, it's not totally ready. Yeah. And so like most of it works, but like it's it's, it's top shot beta. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not ready to to really promote it, but yeah, it's um it's pretty cool. It's just like um uh, the whole the whole premise mainly was like for tools that were pissing me off betting. <laughs> so like the the I don't know if you guys bet at all, but like the sites log you off after like 10 minutes, 15 minutes of activity. So if you're like betting live, or let's say you're going to a source and then going like you're reading up on a player and then go back and you're like, okay, I'm gonna put a bet. You're logged off. So like it keeps you on, um, uh, uh, like an auto open too. Like I have an auto, like it'll auto auto open all the sports books at once because, like, if you want to hit some steam or something, like you get an injury news, you know, you just bam auto opens and auto logs you in, and um, although that that will get you banned eventually, but if you're a losing player, you got you should probably do it anyways. And uh, but the main thing is it takes it it takes like. Uh, Anything you want to put, like Osmo's numbers or 
establish the runs or I have mine on there or anyone who wants to be on there, it doesn't really matter, and overlays the data on the sports book. So you could just go to the sports book and be like, oh, crap bet, crap bet, crap bet. Oh, ETR thinks this is good. Bet it over. And you and, and instead of spending 20 minutes sort, sorting through all this stuff, it's just overlaid like a poker HUD. I stole the idea from the old poker HUD uh, that we used to use. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure these poker players still use it now, but – yeah. This is also a good suggestion. I know this because I got one of these when I during the Top Shot Mania, and I was like refreshing to see listings, and I got one of those auto refresh extensions uh, to keep trick the book into thinking you're still active. Although not yeah. not as clean of a solution. No, mine has like four different solutions on there, and um, like four different ways to keep it open. And yeah. so you never know what they're going to change and pull, and yeah. Brian, here's a, um, uh, or uh, Justin, a meta question for you, because uh, I feel, are you going to be the one um, updating all of kind of the baseline inputs, like on a Sunday, uh, you know, after lock? And then the question being like, I, I feel like it's a lot doing, being in the weeds on all of that stuff, ingesting all the information, getting it up, also doing the, I know you're not specifically going to be doing content, but like running the business side, making sure everything's getting pushed out, promoted it. To me, I'm just getting stressed out thinking if I had to do all of that on top of content, how are you planning to, to handle all that? Yeah, the good news is that over the next month and a half, as we lead up to the season, I have a much better idea of what my ability to hire other people will look like. So uh, that'll be that'll be a big step. And uh, obviously, if, if, if we don't hit like huge numbers or anything, then uh, I have fewer issues to worry about in terms of volume type things. And I'll be able to focus a little bit more on, you know, actually making sure the projections are great. And if we actually take off and rocket ship this thing and you know, hit, hit the milestones I have in my head, then I can offload some of the more business side things uh, to somebody else. So there's some plans. There's a, fortunately a little bit of time. The, the initial like signups have been really good. And so we're pointing in an encouraging direction. So definitely something I got on my, uh, on the front of my brain. Like I've got buddies who want to like schedule trips and stuff to go to a game. Yeah. We always go to the Washington Cowboys game uh, in DC every year. Yeah. And, uh, and like, I, I don't know if I can go this year or not, you know, I might be like slaving away at the, at the projections. Yeah. This is why Brian never goes on vacation. He's a slave to the Sims. <laughs> that and, uh, gambling CTE that'll do it to you. That's right. Brian, That's you right. mentioned, uh, earlier, you, you, you kind of had the caveat of like, not sure if you guys better not, I saw there was a little bit of uh, controversy going around over the last week or two about skin in the game and uh, whether you're even qualified to provide betting advice. If you're not betting, I don't live in a legal betting sports state and I'm not super interested in chasing offshores and betting itself has never been like the most interesting thing to me. Uh, mm -hmm. Like in general, uh, I want to hear your, your thoughts on that. Will you give me the primer for this? I assume Twitter conversation. I completely missed this. Yeah, no, it was uh, the the general idea was why would uh, should you or would you trust the advice of somebody who uh, isn't betting the bets that they're recommending to you? Pete Pete does so much content he forgot we did a whole episode on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have, but you made it seem like there was a, a recent Twitter spat about this, and I, I think I missed the recent spat. It came yeah. back up again. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the yeah, same must, conversation again. I must have missed that as well. Yeah, 
I did after I thought about it. I, I didn't defend an analogy I used talking to Pete uh, as well as I thought. I'm like, damn, I wish I would have thought said this about about skin in the game. But like, I would say for for you, I think it'd be I think it would be, um, what's the nicest word? Foolish or whatever to not use your sims to price props. Yeah, especially if you could do it in 30 seconds. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, you okay? Go on Bovada and bet a couple if that makes you feel better. But <laughs> but like I mean, I, but you I mean, make sure that you're uh, you're plus EV. But it should be. It, it's not it's not super hard. But like, make sure you can your sims are beating the line. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of, a lot of sites don't do that. But I would I would say like make sure you're beating you're beating at least opening lines and closing lines. But on props, it seems like a no brainer to me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and like what what was uh you you might have to fill me in here. So what who would I guess I am having a hard time coming up with you're working really hard to gain an edge, you find your angle and then you decide I'm not going to bet it, but but I'll put this out there for other people because I need to feed the content machine. And so I think the implication is oh, you're just feeding the content machine, you don't actually have conviction in this bet if you're not putting money on it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that comes down to a fundamental like content creation difference too, right? Like some people, uh, it's not really their shtick to, to try to nail the picks as much. Um, you know, the, the whole idea is to make a entertaining podcast or a entertaining website or whatever. Um, but yeah, for us, obviously like we don't quite have that personality we're trying to you know be precision players and everything, but yeah, I just want to make sure I'm not, uh, you know, going to, catch flack down the road for 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 touting props and and not betting them you're gonna well, catch i think there's from the sports betting community no matter what you do it seems <laughs> <laughs> they're uh yeah they're a prickly community but i would say what <laughs> uh yeah i guess i mean like providing tools is a completely different that's the uh you yeah. know teaching people how to fish versus uh giving them the fish which uh shout out ben the better i mean like living that life <laughs> that's a tough life to live like where you're not showing your work you're not like, you know, giving the reasons why. Uh, I know you're doing stuff now too with uh, Court Smith from Bet the Prop. And one of the reasons I always like their sports betting stuff is they give you the reasons. They point to the baseline analytics data that is driving them to those bets. Uh, when you just get a screenshot of this is my card, uh, it's really hard for me to have any faith in that. Yeah, I think that's what people appreciate is some some sort of process. I mean, people really just want to bet whatever their prior said to bet in the first place, and they're looking for some confirmation bias. So I think I think you just need to cast a large net there. Yeah, I, th- I think too with this with Brandon saying here in Pete's chat is um, like the whole Spanky then Justin J Mac and him gotten a little kerfuffle so and. Um, J-Mac, I think was a little <laughs> a little aggressive there, but <laughs> the, but I don't think the sports betters get DFS that much, and I actually yeah. think um, the DFS guys are right. Where it's like uh, Spanky was saying, like whoever's betting touting the All Star Game is a complete fraud or something, and then like J-Mac took that personally. Although they do have some sports betting part to their site too, so wh- whatever. But the, from the DFS side or something. Uh, that's I would say that's not true. Like you could still like figure out like the ownership game and stuff like that. You know, like to some to some degree that can help other people or like 
you really you really know baseball and like you have a good sense of like who's going to stay in the game longer in an all-star game or what pitchers are unlikely to pitch because they're going to be their next schedule start is the day after the you know on Saturday or whatever Friday and and stuff like that like clearly that can help somebody in DFS so yeah. yeah. And, and we, we've talked about this before, too. It's like it, everyone's motivations for why they're sports betting, whether it's just for entertainment, they want to yeah. get a little sweat in versus I, I can't imagine that there are any like true edge, you know, betters that are just tailing some guy's card with no discernible process like I, that. I don't even know how that would be repeatable. Brian. They might be if they're betting the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Have mm. you still been doing the oppo betting? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. But yes. How's that crazy. going? But I do need to get in that Patreon streets. Um, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely something. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about <laughs> that gravy train will run out. But yeah, I don't see why not. You could bet someone's opposite. You ever read that sports betting book? Um, it's really popular in. The online sports betting community. God, Logic of sports betting? No, 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 no. It was before that. It was the guy from like the SBR forums. Uh, uh, risk, assessing risk, something risk. God, so maybe somebody in the chat chat reminds me. It was probably like 15 years old now. Uh, anyways, he built a model that was so bad someone bought it off of him. <laughs> the, bet, the, the opposite. That's, That's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I and uh, I actually steal something that I can't remember his last name. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Well, no. this what J- Justin was saying here would be cool to see a running uh, the Sims win rate on prop jobs, uh, just a cumulative tally throughout the year. Uh, Conquer- everyone loves to see their risk. Receipts. What's it called, Brian? Conquering risk. Conquering risk. Brian, also yeah. just FYI, your internet is more skittish than usual tonight. Oh, really? It looks fine yeah. to me. Let me check. No, your your audio's been pretty decent, but your video's been lagging behind a little bit. I just assumed you were running multiple simulations. <laughs> Might have been. I was on the wrong yeah. channel. I was on the wrong. I wasn't on my Wi-Fi extender. This should be okay. Better. There we go. Well, Brian, I showed up my skirt. What? Uh, tell me about your projection <laughs> process. Um, I'm just gonna use Run the Sims. That's a good so, call. Yeah. <laughs> So I have no answer for you. Sorry, buddy. How, how, how close are our processes? Um, that is exactly how I did my, uh, my uh, simulation for football. Um, you, it sounds like you might, I, I, I don't know. I'd have to see getting into the nuts and bolts of yours, but that's exactly what I do. So how many passes are there going to be? And then what's the distribution of those passes? Okay, is it a pass or is it a run? Okay, who catches it? Who? Okay, what's the distribution for that guy who catches it? And then that's it. And then, okay, and touchdowns too. Yep. And uh, we know the answers to a lot of these things, so you just have to work your way back. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's so good. I, I didn't realize you were doing play by play. I, I kind of operating the under the assumption that there's not a lot of people who uh, who are doing that. So uh, I know a couple. I, you know a couple. Yeah. Yeah. All of, all of Brian's friends in his photos that are pictured just outside the frame. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that meme uh, where the people are dancing at the party and they don't know why. <laughs> individual play by play data during, in my sips. 
<laughs> Someone make that meme for us. Thank you. Uh, oh, that's good. Uh, Justin, did you get the answer you're looking for, or do you want to turn the screws on him a little more? Yeah, no. I mean, he wouldn't have let me off the hook uh, that easily if, if if the tides were turned. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, so it sounds like uh, so you. It sounds like we're kind of coming at it from a similar perspective. We're, we're like essentially we're going to draw a box around this game that is this and the size of this box is going to accommodate so many plays based on how big the box is. Right. So uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to start with the baseline number of plays from each team and then sort of correlate what well, this team's more likely to run than that team's a little more likely to pass and stuff like that. And uh, essentially now we're looking and the chiefs in this game are running, uh, you know, five plays more than average or expectation. So we're going to tend towards assuming their opponent is going to run, some number fewer plays than expected and stuff like that. And basically we're going to try to do as much to correlate before the game, before we start querying Sims. Um, we're going to try to like match the teams up based on what they would tend to do when one team does X, the other team would do Y. I mean, that's what you do is what you're telling that's me. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So and I'm kind of like, I, I don't know about you. I feel like more okay talking about this because the odds, I mean, I can't tell you how much work it's taken to get to this point. Like if somebody wants to try to rip the, rip the side off, like by, by all means go for it. Like it's, it'll be really hard. I can promise that. So I don't mind talking through the, the process. Well, yeah, the, the problem with talking through the process isn't the guys who, who can't do it. It's the guys who can, <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't want to make a monster. You know what I mean? You don't want to make one guy who's like, Oh shit, I didn't think of that. And who's, who's got, obsessive problems and gambling CTE and it might be an adjunct professor at the university <laughs> of Connecticut. <laughs> uh, here's a question uh, from Rasif on the projections, Justin, is there a way that you'll be able to add small uh, plus minus variances other than manually to these SIM projections? Um, I'm not entirely sure I understand, but basically what you'll be able to do is go into any slate, any game in that slate and modify the player level assumptions and the team level assumptions. Yeah. So uh, you, you could go in and be like, okay, Justin's crazy. This is not a 20% Tyreek Hill game. This is a 30% Tyreek Hill game. Let's go in there, turn it up. Chief scoring, turn that up to 60. You know, like we want to see what happens when that happens. And so we'll run that out. And so you could run that and get the results back. And you could try like a bunch of different game scripts and just be like, oh, this is actually creating some pretty funky little lineups. And what we'll essentially do is like this is cool and all on classic slates. This is going to be really great on classic slates. But on showdown slates, you can actually we're going to give you optimal lineups. It's sorted by number order of frequency. How often does that unique combination duplicate itself? So if, if the answer to the question is Captain Spot Kelsey flex Mahomes flex Hill flex David Johnson flex blah, blah, blah. Like, and that happens in 87 out of 10,000 simulations. That's a pretty great number, right? So um, you could, you could play that lineup. Now you have to make some decisions about, well, how many other people are going to play that lineup too, right? So you've got it, but you've at least got – some sort of rooted probability of that lineup happening 87 out of 10,000 times, just shy of one, was it 1%, right? So um, 0.87%, that's pretty great odds. If you gave me 0.87% odds to take down a showdown with a single lineup, 
yeah, I'll probably play that lineup. So, um, yeah, just go in there and play with those. Yeah, the, the variance is built into the simulation. Like Exactly. Like I said, like Tyreek Hill will catch one for four yards and then catch one for 60 yards. Like, um, Can they adjust that, like the Tyreek Hill's? So you cannot adjust yardage. Yardage is kind of the secret sauce, uh, you know, based that's it's model based and it really just wouldn't work if I let right. you key in a so distribution. It's a distribution. Then. Exactly. So that's all imprinted into right. Tyree kills DNA in the site essentially is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's you some could adjust that depending on the distribution you use, but like um, for the most accurate ones, you probably, you, you can't, you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't anyways. And so it sounds like the tweaking would come in more handy on the showdown slates where you are wanting to play out certain ex- scenarios to an extreme where you probably get get yourself in a decent a bit of trouble doing it uh, across the main slate. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't want to be too bold on a main slate. It just the, the advantage isn't isn't there. In, in a showdown, you're trying to capture combinations more so than than players. Uh, obviously, combinations are important on main slate too, but not to the extent that they are on showdown. Yeah. Yeah, man, I am, uh, I'm getting excited for, uh, for showdown football again, it's going to be here, uh, before we know, I know I've asked you a few times, uh, do, do you think we're going to have anything, uh, to do for preseason? Or are we going to still be kind of getting this stuff ready? Yeah. I'd rather not promise any preseason. Maybe if we can deliver some preseason, that'd be great. But, uh, we want to make sure we hit our deadlines and stuff along the way. And uh, while I think preseason is a lot of fun, actually a simulation is not all that intriguing for preseason. I don't think because like you're just going to be so off on your guesses. Uh, I mean, even if you think you have a read on something, you're just better off to project it out and, and play off projections. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, let's see, Justin asking me, uh, I've definitely been messing around with the, uh, projection tool. I, I like messing around with certain team situations and seeing how the various target shares could, you know, quickly bump up an ancillary wide receiver and see how that could play out. I will say, I personally don't trust myself to go overhaul every (laughs) team by team projection to spit out my own. Uh, but someone like Pat, uh, could definitely do that. And I know he's done his own projections uh, before. I like using it more to kind of analyze certain cases, like especially yeah. when I'm drafting the same guy over and over. It's a fun way to go in there and kind of challenge your assumptions about a guy I've become extremely confident on. And you realize, oh, I adjust his target share down two you know, percentage points. And all of a sudden, he's a guy who drops two rounds in value. And you're like, okay, that's how fragile this whole drafting thing is. And it goes back to the ADP thing. Again, we all get so anchored to the ADP, these median projections, not realizing how extremely fragile they actually are. Yeah, exactly. So, you, uh, and that would be how I would use it too. Like, the, sure, you can go in and tweak my numbers up 1% or 2% or down one or two across the board or, make slight adjustments, but you're going to be better off by like projecting out Jalen hurts. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Justin Fields for a full season in Chicago. Whereas I have him for like three quarters of the games currently, like go in there and see what happens when he's the quarterback. And maybe you want to bump up some efficiency numbers because playing with Justin Fields for 16 games is better than four games of uh, Andy Dalton. Like that sucks. So yeah, go, go in there and play with that. I think, I think that's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, and that we did that with Trey Lance on our show last week, where and that's a, what helped us. You look at his median projection. Justin, I think, had a safer assumption. I think it, it was almost splitting the season with Garoppolo, which I think is like mm-hmm. a, a fairly conservative assumption. Um, and so that put him at like QB fifteen or sixteen. Well, then we got him up to starting the whole season or, or closer to that, and he could jump up all the way to QB ten. Then we started bushing. Um, upping his rushing statistics a little bit, his efficiency, all of a sudden you get up to QB9, QB8, and then you see the ceiling case. And then you see, okay, this is why I don't mind drafting him at QB13 because I know there's still some meat on the bone. So I do agree too for those situations where we're truly guessing. Like you can go in there. Actually, I don't know if you could do this. I was just going to say, can you put Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos uh, on there? Oh, uh, no, you can't, but you could create a proxy for Aaron Rodgers. You can, you can call Drew Locke Aaron Rodgers and then, and uh, then adjust and his everybody up. Yeah, you could do there that. You go. So that would be a fun <laughs> one too. I would be curious to see how much all of those pass catchers, Sutton, Judy, Noah Fant would pop if you put a uh, Rodgers there. I assume it'd be pretty dramatic. Yeah, it'd be pretty overwhelming. I mean, I think like just sort of eyeballing it off the top of my head, like you're going to bump up the tar- uh, the catch rate for every one of those guys 5% right off the bat. Uh, you're going to crank up their yards per, per reception, another two yards. Or so. I mean, it's going to be bananas usage. You're going to go in there and crank up the, the pass volume for the Broncos offense quite a bit. Like, And then you think about, well, you just turned three levers right there, an efficiency, a volume, and a team volume. And now all of a sudden – you know, Cortland Sutton's a low end wide receiver one. Yep. Who, where do you come down on Sutton versus Judy? Like, do you, do you actually, are you intrigued by that at all? Um, I still prefer, uh, Sutton. I mean, what Sutton did with Locke, uh, at the end of last year or before he got injured that mm-hmm. season before was just incredible. Uh, he was really, really good. Judy uh, was earning a ton of targets last year after Sutton went down, but was like horribly efficient Had one of the like mm-hmm. worst downfield catch rates in the league. It was like this empty calorie air yards King. So I don't know. I don't like betting against like wide receivers that were drafted high uh, and flashed a little bit in year one. Uh, but I'm still – I think Sutton is still the uh, the safer bet there. And all the reports are his rehab has gone uh, excellent and uh, he's in really good shape. The problem I don't think is either of them – I think with a good quarterback, both of them could be very, very successful. I've just, I just worry that the offense isn't going to be conducive to that. I'm sorry, Brian, for bringing up a, a football question in the, in the middle of this. Uh, <laughs> we can't help ourselves sometimes. <laughs> Uh, nap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was else going to, Oh yeah. So you said Sims 10,000 unique lineups. My thought was here. So we have in the NFT space, all these 10,000, mm. uh, NFT generative art projects. Have you thought about releasing each lineup as its own NFT and accompanying um, avatar that could really help you out? Would that be, that's probably a little bit better, uh, margins on that. Right. I, I think so. From what yeah. I've learned is you can, you know, put your uh, blood, sweat and tears into a project uh, and make a tenth of how much you would just selling an NFT. <laughs> yeah, I think we got to we got to consider that for sure. But no, it's uh, it's going to be fun. I, I'm a little bit worried, like, as you know, especially as Brian and I are talking about sort of the details here. Like, I don't want to overwhelm people with the fact that this is like, yeah, it's built on like a, a fairly complex process. Right. Um but we've, we've hopefully designed this in a way that's like super user friendly and that people can kind of run with it. And, uh, 
you know, as Pat Mayo and I were kind of talking, getting this thing off the ground, we were, you know, the, the general idea was like, we're going to make fantasy national, but for football. And so, you know, being a tools only site, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see whether people will gravitate towards it and, and find it useful or uh, yeah, I don't want it to be too overwhelming and hopefully we'll, we'll limit the number of knobs and levers, uh, you know, for everybody, you know, to make the, the information super streamlined. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a concern too. Like, I, I don't know how you felt about that since kind of getting to know the product. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Were you talking to uh yeah, to you, Pete. <laughs> sorry sorry i i got distracted there will you say that last part again i was saying i don't know if you have felt like things like the site like the the tools are too overwhelming or anything like that in terms of like learning curve or anything i don't i don't find them overwhelming i think it's just we're also in that process or time right now where like we got the guys in the chat right now who are you know doing jokes with the target shares they're they're very apt to <laughs> hop in adjust it i think a lot of the people coming in right now to play uh best ball you know they are the kind of like don't teach me how to fish just give me the fish so that and i talked to you about that i was like i was a little concerned of like the larger audience are they going to yeah. want to get in the weeds with this but I do think come DFS time, I think the tools are very intuitive to use. And when people are playing DFS, it's the kind of stuff they're going to like to use. And I think the the sim stuff is going to be very intriguing for people too. And it, it is a new thing. Like they hear Brian talk about it and they, it is the next frontier of DFS play. And so I think uh, as we get closer to DFS season, the interest is going to going to ramp up. But right now it's only the sickos in there adjusting Tim Tebow's target share. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is Tebow going to make a roster this year? Uh, I am really, I'm actually uh, vaguely intrigued by that storyline. Yeah. So my, my thing is like, I think urban Meyer is just absolutely crazy. Uh, I feel like this is like a chip Kelly situation all over where he's like this egomaniacal dude. That's going to just do all kinds of weird shit and not utilize his talent in the most optimal way. Like, I feel like we're going to get Carlos Hyde, is just going to get an obscene amount of carries this year. And I'm, I'm legitimately worried about urban Myers because people are getting excited about Lawrence and this offense. I really want to be excited about it, but I think urban mm -hmm. Meyer could just be a stone disaster as a head coach. Yeah, he could. He's also been super successful. So there's, there's that too. Um, it could go a lot of different ways. Well, I, I feel like we're, we're probably close to the end of our time. We haven't talked uh, at all about libertarianism or, or Bitcoin. <laughs> and I, I'm just a little bit, uh, a little bit put off by that. Or top shot. Oh, yeah. I know. Or NFTs. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We didn't get a brief NFT mention. That was good. So we'll, we'll, we'll mint these lineups and uh, and and then rake in some profits. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Outdoors real quick. Shout out to, yeah, Ricky D. The the one plug, uh, use promo code Ricky D next time you're outdoors. It'll get you uh, an extra bit of sunlight and vitamin D with that promo code. Uh, <laughs> I love people have been tagging Ricky uh, with their outdoor photos. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Ricky, for inspiring me to go outdoors. Uh, but thank you, Justin, for hopping on tonight. Uh, very excited to be working with you guys. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a great year and, uh, yeah, guys, if you want to hop in there, all the stuff we've been talking about with the season long, it's all free. You can go sign up, uh, get a free account, go poke around in there, boost Tebow up to a 32% target share, <laughs> urban Myers, wet dream. Uh, and, and then comes DFS season, uh, you will be able to, uh, to get all of the DFS tools with the subscription. You can even lock in the, uh, the founders club rate right now. And it includes a bankroll tracker 
as well. You guys want to be in the streets with me this year, uh, tracking our single entry bankroll series, all that good stuff. You can head over there. I got the links down below all over at run the Sims, Brian, anything else in your neck of the woods, a, a hot take to get off here? Yes. Yes. I had a hot take tweet about Osmo if anyone wants to check it out, but, uh, <laughs> I got to see this. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, next week there's no lulls. That's correct. I'm going to be away next week. Uh, no, no night shows for me. I'm going to try to do a, a proper kind of vacation before my life goes crazy. But Brian, you, you have my permission to, to run something, uh, without me if you want. Uh, I will not be doing that. So it's, it's better this way. I can blame it on Pete and just like hold it over him. He does hold it over me. That one show we <laughs> missed last year. And so then two weeks after that, though, we do have a special guest coming on. Is he booked? He's booked. And, uh, let's just say he's the most loyal man in DFS. Okay. Wow. Surprise guest two weeks from now. And he is not going to tell the outdoors. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That's a nice tease for two weeks from now. Uh, thank you to Justin. Uh, we're going to have lots of more stuff coming with run the Sims as we get gearing up for NFL season. Uh, Justin, I assume there's nothing else you want to plug beyond run the Sims. No, I think I've done that plenty so far <laughs> and I uh, appreciate it guys. <laughs> all right, guys, we will see you in two weeks. Peace. Mm-hmm.